How we doing, everybody? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. And today we are bringing you some esports, NFT, and crypto news. But first, a word about our sponsors, EMP.money. Jacob? Of course, EMP Money is the sponsor of the Esports Forever podcast. EMP Money is an awesome crypto staking protocol. The EMP token pegs to the price of Ethereum at a 4,001 ratio. So we've seen quite an increase in the price of Ethereum over the last week. So EMP and the EMP emperors, as they call them, uh, have been going nuts. Uh, it's, a, it's a really great program to learn about staking. It's a little bit gamified where there's a detonator contract, which kind of acts as a lottery, but also a way to kind of stabilize the economy of the EMP ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of great stuff. They even have the EMP Academy, which I watched completely. It's it's a, you know, maybe 10 or 15 part tutorial for you to learn all about EMP money. Um, so if you're interested in learning about crypto staking and benefiting from Ethereum and the you know, expected or possible price increase in the coming years, uh, it's a great program and protocol to check out. Thank you so much, Jacob. Let's dive right on in for the news for this week. Right off the bat, we've uh, probably got one of the biggest things in NFT and crypto news. So there was a huge hack in the Ronin network and $625 million total dollars uh, that is uh, ETH and then USDT split and then added together, uh, taken from Sky Mavis and Axie Infinity. Uh, so they, they, they had a breach. After the breach, they found that they were missing a lot of Ethereum and then they were missing a lot of USDT. And so this is a big deal for Axie players because uh, we are on the cusp of the release of version 3 of Axie, more specifically Axie Origins. We've been going crazy over the fact that Axie has really been pushing itself to be something bigger, something better as it pushes out its IP. Losing $625 million, however, when you're a growing growing company like Sky Mavis, probably is not the way to go (laughs) or what you want. And so... Yeah, that that's a lot of money to just lose, you know, overnight or really during the day. Uh, and then, you know, they're uh, trying to bolster up the security, but it just goes to show that, you know, it may be uh, written down on the blockchain that you uh, make a transaction of some kind, but uh, to get to get the money, it, it's it's extremely possible to to have stuff hacked, to have stuff breached, which is why we always say never give out your keywords, right? Never give out those those twelve keywords that. Uh, are behind your uh, usually your Ethereum wallet or whatever crypto wallet you have. You never want to give those out. Never want to have people get that information. Uh, although in this case, it must have been something a lot bigger because they got away with a lot of money. Yeah, they were doing some crazy stuff. Um, I know that bridges, which basically allow you to go between blockchains, right? Let's say from Hive to Binance. Those can be hacked uh, and those are kind of known to be not so stable, but this is kind of, you know, it sounds like the entire Ronin network, right? Which is a layer two solution, which is similar to Polygon was just straight up hacked. Uh, maybe Ronin is not a layer two. Maybe it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a unique layer one. I'm not entirely sure there, but it looks like they kind of, you know, manipulated the system, used nodes um, to basically, force withdrawals by uh, Sky Mavis and Axie and took $625 million. That's a lot. 
A lot of people are still backing the project. They're still excited for it, and they are very curious to hear from the Sky Mavis and Axie Infinity because, like I said, that's that's a lot of money to just have gone. Although, with what you know, more than a million active users, um, it's not like they're probably not making more money. You know, <laughs> uh, they're, yeah. they're probably still making tons of money, but it, it is a good chunk of change for sure. I think Axie will survive. What I do wonder is, right, you know, in this article, it says that it's a little bit bigger than a hack on the poly network. Um, and the majority of those funds were returned. Right. Can they put I mean, I guess they really can't. They can't put kind of a lock on the wallet where all these funds are now lying. Right. They can make it impossible to, to withdraw these funds via Coinbase, probably. But, you know, simply using a decentralized exchange and simply sending on the blockchain, that's not something they can combat against. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about trying to, uh, you know, get these funds back or, you know, basically balance out all of the losses. Because um, it'll show you the, the you know, kind of power of higher figures in a decentralized network, right? How much can they do? It will be interesting to see. Yeah, I, uh, I hope that, you know, for folks who might have lost out on money, depending on where it was coming from, uh, they can get it back. But at the same time, uh, the, the sad thing about money like this just being gone is that for most of the time, it's, it's gone. It's not being replenished. It's uh, it's not very traceable. So yeah. It's, it's One thing hard. it doesn't say is whether it was the, you know, entirely from Axie, right? It says it was, you know, the Axie DAO. You know, I don't know if that's entirely Axie's funds or if if it's partially some of the funds of some of the whales of the game. That yeah. would that would really be bad. That would be bad. I mean, if I if I had money in there uh invested so to speak right i i wouldn't want it taken from me and if it was i'd want it i want something given to me back because yeah i don't know there's no way there's no way to just have something like that just stick and then just say oh deal with it you know just a breach i you know it's i think it's it's part of the company's fault that there was a breach in the first place because isn't that the goal to like not have that happen isn't it <laughs> at some point supposed to be pretty secure unless you're dumb enough to like give away your wallet info. So I don't know. That's yeah. just me going out on the limb. But okay. Speaking of speaking of keeping things on the blockchain, I thought this was a really cool idea and historically it goes back way, way, way back. And uh, I think the earliest example I can, I can think of with something like this has to be the library of Alexandria. And it's like, Ryan, why are you talking about the library library of Alexandria in Egypt? And it's like, well, hear me out. So Ukraine is creating an NFT museum, uh, and it's uh, basically a way for them to preserve their, uh, uh, I was going to say company's history, uh, their country's history, and their past on the blockchain, which is extremely interesting because, as we know, the blockchain it's like stuff getting written down in stone. It's it's really hard to have that stuff just disappear. And I think back to physical locations like the Library of Alexandria or, for example, many, many historical and cultural buildings in Ukraine right now during the Ukraine and Russian war or battle, whatever you want to call it, right? I guess they're at war. They've declared war against each other. 
I'm pretty sure. At least I think Ukraine has. And this is a great way for them to preserve their country in case uh, historical libraries, cultural centers, which have been destroyed, continue to be destroyed. I think it's a brilliant idea to make things virtual, put them onto the cloud. Now, obviously, things can get lost in the cloud, but the data's got to go somewhere. It's got to be stored uh, somewhere safe. And uh, at the end of the day... I think it's a cool idea. I think it's it's what they should be doing. And I think more countries should do something like this. I mean, why not create central hubs of information for historical data? Yes, it's going to take a long time to to scan some pieces. And obviously, some pieces are just not able to be scanned. You know, you can't take a 300-year-old, 200-year-old book and say, oh, yeah, I can touch these pages. And just like hmm. when they were, you know, first bounded back two three hundred years ago it's like yeah that book's probably a little bit too fragile to be handled uh so something like that is a little bit harder but you know when when you've got like the declaration of independence or uh the bill of rights stuff like that where you know those are highly guarded keepsakes in the uh national mall where they've been scanned online they've been they've had photos they've they've had everything it's stuff like that that can be saved but all in all, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. What do you What do you think, Jacob? For a country that's under yeah. siege, I think it's a great way for them to try to preserve their past in case stuff was to continuously be erased. I mean, yes, it's the perfect way, right? They're putting it on the blockchain and it can't go anywhere. You know, I think if they were to create, you know, a, a museum in Ukraine today, you know, there's there's some worry that it wouldn't be there um, in in you know. It, who knows how long or it may get damaged given everything that's going on there right they're basically putting it in a digital place that can't be erased um you know ukraine is, is really doing a lot of stuff on the blockchain throughout these last couple of months right we're you know in this article it mentions just how much money was raised for them via you know crowdfunded nft projects through themselves and it's a lot right they're they're really making uh, you know, they're, they're really fueling their war efforts through the blockchain. And I think, you know, this this really shows the, the value of the blockchain where, you know, Ukraine needs to keep something safe. They want the memory of their country and, you know, this war that's going on and, you know, the, the perfect place to put it is right on the blockchain. Yeah, it's a good spot for it. And I hope it stays there. Hope it stays there. It should be should be good to see. And also stuff like that, you know, can be shared shared beyond the the bounds of a country i don't think state lines are going to make it so that i don't have to travel to ukraine to visit the nft collection i hope not i I hope i don't have to travel to ukraine but we'll see in the future maybe who knows who knows maybe when when it's a little safer right (laughs) just a little bit safer moving on uh this next one is interesting and i want your take on it so uh, the Block Crypto is reporting on a board ape that was uh, valued around three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, sells for one hundred fifteen dollars. The question is, was this purposeful? Was it a mistake on the seller, or was it just a really lucky moment for the buyer? What they're saying and most likely leaning towards is that this was a mistake, not meant to be sold for this cheap. But I mean. Hey, that's this is what it's all about. If you're able to snipe something like this for that cheap, I mean, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be one of two things. Either he's like memeing, and you know, it says here that he sold it to the same. So he sold a board ape for one hundred and fifteen dollars, and then a mutant ape for twenty five dollars. 
And right, you know, the $115, it's right near the floor price of board ape, which is 106. And then the mutant ape, you know, $25 is right around the floor price of mutant ape, which is 22.6 ETH. I may have just said that twice, but, you know, he, he may have just basically, you know, listed them in dollars in what he thought he was listing in Ethereum. That's actually happened before. Uh, that's really, really unfortunate when it does happen. Um, it, you know, you just gotta pay attention to that stuff. Um, I, I, you know, this seems like it could be him just messing around because it was sold to the same person. And if he wasn't messing around, oh my gosh, this, this other guy got incredibly lucky. But, uh, to me, this may be, you know, some sort of shenanigans happening just to get an article or, or two written. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I hope it. I hope it was for memes, and I hope it, you know. I hope they got a good laugh out of it. But uh, at the end of the day, somebody's now sitting with a board ape for one hundred and fifteen dollars. So, whatevs, man. Whatevs. What? What? Whatever you want. But uh, moving on from that, next up, OpenSea has confirmed via tweet uh, today that they are going to be accepting Solana NFTs to the marketplace for digital collectibles. This is a big deal. Solana has been an up-and-coming uh, blockchain that a lot of artists have been embracing. A few weeks ago, we actually talked about how uh, Adobe Suite, uh, I believe it was, I don't think it was Photoshop, but it was another one of their applications for designers. Uh, they were actually building in uh, technology so that uh, it could be transferable to the sole blockchain like really, really easily. So we're seeing like a greater acceptance of Solana. I'm not too familiar with it myself, but it's cool to see more and more like acceptance and accessibility to the scene by adding more blockchains because with more blockchains, that's more people that are going to just be coming to your site or your marketplace, right? And that's what that's what Coinbase wants. They want more customers. Yeah, it's funny that one of the highest uh, retweeted replies is Magic Eden saying bring it <laughs> and magic eden is solana's leading nft marketplace mm -hmm. um you know for OpenSea, you know this is obviously a great move they're at the end of the day they're a platform and being blockchain agnostic is one of the most powerful things they can do to achieve kind of like a holistic and mainstream kind of nft uh aura right you know one of the reasons splinterlands took off the way it did is because it was blockchain agnostic right you can transfer tron in you mm -hmm. can transfer bitcoin in you could transfer ethereum in you could transfer ripple in uh there are so many currencies that you can transfer into the splinterlands and it just makes it accessible to so many people right there's a lot of people who randomly bought xyz coin um and being able to turn that into something valuable you know, immediately into a, a game you want to play, I think helped them a lot. I'm happy to see it. Very excited to see it. Uh, and it's funny that that uh, Solana marketplace responded back to them, like, bring it, man. Like, let's see what happens. Because I don't think it's always a positive to have Coinbase bring on more stuff when they can't even deal with the Ethereum blockchain and all the BS that occurs on there in the first place right now. I mean, you know, with our with our current projects in Sportsia, which uh, we have our public mint tomorrow for all of you who may be interested, 0.15 is the cost and ETH for one of our NFTs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Head over to sportsia.com tomorrow at 10 a.m. to begin minting. 
but uh you know it's just it's just a mess already with their ethereum blockchain and people making you know uh, fake accounts to to impersonate our collection and i mean it's not much you can do it's just it's kind of like the wild wild west where it's just like yeah, there are going to be impersonators. There are going to be people who try to trick you, try to rug pull you. At the end of the day, you got to do your own research. Go back to the group or product or project that's running it. See which official links they give you. And don't just click on the first thing that seems too good to be true because it is. It is. I mean, listen, it only takes it takes 20 people at 0.05 ETH to get to one ETH, right? Like, I mean... Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, there are you know it's it's something that really can't be stopped. You just gotta you know you gotta go on the Discord server that you know is legit, and you gotta mint via official links. You gotta click official links. You gotta have you know take a step back and just think about it you know before you do it, and you never click on a DM link ever. Right, that's like rule number one. Um, it is yep. frustrating, right? All these scams we're seeing of Sportsia. And of Zen Sportsians, you know, I would say there's almost a dozen now that have popped up over you know, these last few weeks. So, you know, we're, we're getting them taken down. We're you know, attempting to report them. And, you know, if you see one, please go report it yourself as well. That's, you know, incredibly appreciated by us. But, you know, you know by adding Solana, they're still going to have, you know, this exact problem. So, you know, I'm sure OpenSea is aware of it. And it'll be interesting to see if there really even is a solution to to stop to combat that. I don't know if there is, right? I think this is a little extreme, but I think about it like terrorism. It's like, Ryan, whoa, okay, that's a little too far. The Library of Alexandria, I could get with you there. But terrorism, Ryan, really? Why are you mentioning that? Well, I view this I view this, you know, whole NFT marketplace and just the NFT scene as an exchange of ideas, which is which is basically what terrorism is it's just a free free exchange of ideas with uh, extreme nationalist beliefs that are usually against uh, a state or a country of some kind uh, sometimes it's religiously fueled sometimes it's not uh, in this case you know you've got people with the exchange of ideas in the nft marketplace saying to themselves wow uh, this project seems like it's going to go pretty far i bet i could fool some of their followers and get them to mint my mint on my fake project and uh, no one can stop me because i can just keep creating and creating and creating you can't kill an idea right you can't you can't put something down and expect it to stay down because it's just a free exchange of ideas and, and creativity people are going to keep trying to be creative and new things are going to sprout up left and right again i i tie in my political background <laughs> here uh you know here and there from time to time because while it while it doesn't you know exactly fit in it's it still fits in enough to say free exchange of ideas not going to be shut down when we report one it's like two to three new ones pop up which is again you know when you when you take out one one terrorist leader usually more two to three more pop up uh so <laughs> it, it just kind of keeps evolving it's like the hydra's head right uh i think it was like hercules that like cut off the head of the, like the it was like the hydra right and then two uh, more heads sprout out of that one he keeps cutting off mm -hmm. the heads to find that like there's just like uh too many to count right and it's just like it's just it's just what it feels like and so what do you do it's you know do you do you keep trying to cut off heads do you keep trying to report everything or do you just go you know what ignore it 
you know that that stuff it's just all it's all noise we've got the real thing right here and it's it's rocking we sat down today and uh, we talked talked out uh, about all the different benefits that we're going to be offering with our project as well and y'all aren't ready y'all aren't ready so if you're watching you're like yo i need to I might need to get an NFT. Check out our website. We've got the benefits listed there, but our team has been diving into the nitty-gritty day after day, getting ready to really just give people free stuff. Like think of this as a product. It's not just an NFT anymore. It's something more than that. It's got real utility, real world value. It's gonna be great. And for those of you who get a rare one, I'm gonna be jealous. I'm gonna be jealous. I hope to get a rare one. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, it's funny. I minted another NFT the other, you know, earlier this week, and I literally got the least rare one in the mm. entire collection. Wow. It felt pretty bad, but, uh, you know, the, the rare ones and kind of the tiered benefit program we're working out, it's going to be cool. And, you know, if you get lucky enough to mint one with a, with a golden skin or, you know, one of the super rare props that we've included, um, you're going to see a lot of benefit in future esports tournaments um, and you know sports betting and really everything we have to offer. It's going to be big. I'm really excited. It's the reason why I'm here. Jacob's here. All that, all that fun stuff. So hop on, join the fun, and yeah. A few more topics here that I wanted to cover for this week. This next one, I think this is pretty big because it kind of has to do with what we're doing with our product in creating like a loyalty program and a membership program. So Fnatic has decided to create a fan membership program blockchain. Uh, so they are using the Polygon network and this uh, membership that is going to exist on the blockchain is going to grant access to digital, physical events, pro kits, exclusive content, meet and greets, as well as limited edition collabs among other rewards. So this is pretty big and it's actually a great step for uh for Zen Sports and Zen Sports, you to kind of look at okay, how is Fnatic doing this on the blockchain? Because you know, subscription-based models once those get worked out on the blockchain, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna be over. It's gonna be over. Like, what if what if I just wanted to subscribe to to an NFT project for a number of months, right? What if I just wanted to be a part of it because the benefits were really good, and then when I was done, that's it. Maybe I don't have to pay off $500,000 for a board ape, but I could pay for 50 years on a subscription at an increased rate that's a lot more than $550,000. And the owners of said NFT, you know, could be getting money based off of that. Yes, it's treating it as a security, but maybe they're okay with that. I don't know, you know? Uh, obviously, this isn't a subscription, but it's really cool to see some type of like membership being granted here over the blockchain more specifically the polygon blockchain yeah it, it is uh it's pretty similar in a sense to what we're doing you know using an nft as a membership for rewards and kind of exclusive benefits within an ecosystem looks like they have a partnership with crypto.com mm-hmm. uh, which is you know a pretty big deal i think crypto.com is getting into nfts slowly um but but certainly surely um it's, it's cool. I, I like it, actually. It looks like they have a few tiers for uh, higher level fans. And, you know, they're basically saying that the NFT is going to grant access to, you know, special events, uh, community-based activations, uh, fan kits, 
and then in, in a uh, annual mystery loot box. Mm. Uh, that's actually pretty cool. So uh, I'm excited. I'll, I'll definitely look into this one. Yeah, I'll be I'll be looking looking to see what uh, that loot box might be. That looks sound, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, we should look into a loot box too. We should. Who knows? Who knows what would be in it? GeForce putting on a new RTX graphics card, thirty ninety Ti. So the three hundred uh, the three thousand series for GeForce were famously bought up last year due to crypto mining, due to NFTs, due to all this other stuff. So. Uh, they released this 3090 Ti. It's at a selling point right now of $2,000. $1,999. It's a pricey card. And the, the article, I think, is a little too hopeful that the price of this is going to stay at $2,000. They're like, yeah, hopefully it stays at $2,000. It's like, huh? You don't think this thing's going to be this thing's going to be worth it's going to be selling for like 10k on the secondary market probably but they were talking about how they were designing their graphics cards here for the future to not be so easy to be used in crypto mining so that's the one thing to know about it it's like okay um you know is this card that they're releasing similar uh to their promise of trying to create products that can't be abused like that i don't know we'll see I tried looking real close in the article, but it didn't make any mention of it. So I was just curious to see if maybe maybe they were keeping up with that promise or if they were like, nah, bro, we're going to sell these graphics cards and we're going to let people go to town. The environment. Yeah. Do you know what the TI stands for? I honestly don't. Um, but they were saying that uh, this card is comparable to the 2080, which was obviously a really good card. Um Better than better than that, obviously. Yeah, it says it's sixty four percent faster than that, which is. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like it's like kind of you know uh, uh, a half update to the season, right? It's kind of like a uh, when Xbox, you know, that when it was the Xbox X, and then they had the white one that came out like you know halfway through the cycle. Um, it looks like they had some new tech they were working on and just yeah. kind of pushed it. They yeah, weren't ready for the the four thousand line to come out yet. No, it's gonna be a while before that decides to come out, and that that's okay with me, Jacob. That's mm-hmm. okay with me. I don't need the four thousand line yet. It'll make my computer f- feel old. I've got a I've got a twenty sixty super, and that thing or twenty seventy super. I love it. It's great, mm-hmm. but uh, I I don't need a four thousand line yet. Not yet. I don't want to. I don't want it to feel old. I hope not. I hope not. And uh, last but certainly not least for our topics here today is uh, basically a government warning. So a uh, person from, let's see here, uh, there's a, it's a very specific name, let's see, from the Treasury. U.S. Deputy U.S. Treasury Secretary Wally Adeyemo, I might have butchered that last name, but comes out and says the United States will hold any actor that seeks to help Russia accountable. Now, when I say the word actor, Jacob, the word actor is used used in the international system uh, to, to talk about uh, a small group of people, a single person, an organization. Uh, an actor is usually uh, used as a way to like just name a body. Could be a country. Uh, yeah. So a country is known as a state actor. Uh, and then like an organization that isn't a country is known as a non-state actor. 
So basically, the U.S. Treasury is saying, listen, Russia's not evading our sanctions. It's working. We're trying to make it work. But my goodness, uh, they, they, they called out crypto exchanges, financial institutions, and individuals. And they said, listen, do not help the Russian people, and especially do not help the Russian government, and do not go around these these sanctions because we will find you. And it's like, hold the phone. <laughs> Hold the phone. How are you going to find these people, like via via the blockchain? That's that's what I want to know. Is is this threat an empty promise? Is it is it empty, Jacob? I don't I don't know. Like I I don't no. think it's. I don't think it's empty. I don't know how much control he they really have over the. I mean, they have control over Coinbase, right? Coinbase isn't you know incorporated in the United States. Uh, they have control over you know, centralized cryptocurrency exchanges to some degree, right? They can stop that Ethereum wallet that took all of Axie's funds from withdrawing to their bank via Coinbase. That's absolutely stoppable. But, you know, they can't stop the nitty gritty underlying blockchain Mm -hmm. uh, and they can't really trace it um, without, you know, these, these centralized exchanges and without the centralized kind of UX and UI designs that make it you know, easy for people like us to use cryptocurrency. If someone really wanted to, they can help Russia, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, without being traceable. Uh, just in general, I don't think this is kind of false talk. I think they're pretty serious about this. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if, if they you know, chase down, there's like a crypto hunt, you know, who helped Russia, who sent this, you know, million dollars to Russia and, you know, what they're able to do. It's really, it is interesting stuff to me, you know, where the decentralization and immutability of the blockchain can be compromised just from sheer power, right? Yeah, uh, it's it shows the power of what the blockchain and decentralized crypto is kind of all about. I think this is a extremely powerful example that also kind of has a really bad connotation with it right now. Um, countries around the world are trying to stop uh, another global, well, regional power from doing some pretty egregious acts. And uh, it doesn't help that, you know, the blockchain's like, yo, look what we can do. And we're like, yes, yes, you could do that. But it's not the time. This is not the time to be sending in like aid money to a country that is just doing stuff that is just 99.9% of people agree that this this is like what is going on you know russia's like this is the denazification of ukraine what are you talking about the president is literally descended from people from the holocaust from concentration camps and and all around europe like it doesn't make sense and so for for folks who are sending money to russia via this way it's like good job for using innovation but like you're not doing it for the right reasons whatsoever which are morals and uh you know eth- ethnics playing do they need to play a part in crypto i don't think they do because if they did uh the money being spent on board apes may be actually put towards something useful instead of uh someone's pocket right I, but that's that's leaning towards me being like you know, more socialist, and I'm I'm not, so I'm gonna stop talking like that. <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. Anyways, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you everyone for watching this video today. We've we've uh, had a good time here. 
before we end off, though, we do have a big esports note for this upcoming weekend for our NFT holders. And I, I wanted to have Jacob talk about it just a little bit involving Axie Infinity. Of course, that's kind of what we just got out right before this podcast. We, you know, we mentioned it on Discord and on Twitter about the Zen Sportsia Axie Invitational and what's going on there, right? It's our first big utility tournament for Zen Sportsian holders, right? Don't even worry if you don't play Axie regularly. You know, the, the competition is those who own the NFT. Uh, so if you own an NFT and you want to give Axie a shot, it's a really good opportunity for you to do so. I mean, you're so early in this project. Uh, this may be your best shot to win a big sum of prize money before a lot more people catch on. Um, so, you know, all the information about the tournament can be found in the blog post I linked to in both the tweet and discord. But if you have any questions, right, just reach out to me and Ryan on discord. We're always here to answer those questions. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be a really awesome event. We're streaming it in multiple languages, the multiple channels, uh, you know, just as we did for the battle of the guilds. So yeah, April 2nd, 8 PM EST. Uh, I hope to see a lot of you there. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to see all the players come out and also our community members coming out because you can stake your NFT to kind of predict a winner for this and also win some money. So it's a great way to get involved whether or not you play Axie Infinity. And to me, I think that's really great. It's even. It's fair. And what a great reward. Literally, you mint an NFT, and like a few days later, we're like, yep, here's a huge tournament for all NFT holders. Go and have fun. Lots more like that coming real, real soon. But thank you so much for watching today's video. If you did like this video, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow along on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. That's all we got time for today. So until next time, we're out.